Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. Party season is upon us, and this episode, my guest is journalist and broadcaster Amy Nicole, and we shun the biscuits and have a glass of wine together. Amy talks very candidly, which she does a lot on TV and in the press, about how broken biscuits are a metaphor for freelance life, the joy of daytime shopping in homeware stores when you're freelance, but also being your own cheerleader and publicist. We discuss the pitch abyss, aka professional ghosting, when you send out ideas or new theories to clients, but don't get many replies. And she also talks about the highs and lows of work coming in, chasing money and dealing with cash flow. Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. I am with Amy Nicole, and I'm going to give you a long list of titles for her. I would say Amy is broadcaster, journalist, presenter, model. Model? <laughs> You've done some modelling. Are you talking about my Tesco van? Well, partly. I think you need to unpack that quickly. <laughs> That's going to sound incredibly random. Amy uh, can currently be seen on the side of some Tesco delivery vans. Yeah. Okay, so I'd like to caveat um, <laughs> that we're not doing biscuits because it is about nine o'clock at night because I've come to see Amy at home in Hertfordshire in the counties and we've had a glass, but one glass of red wine. Um, but I'd like to know first off, Amy, what your biscuit of choice would be for a freelance tea Can break I just and say why. It, it, does, it sounds like you just came around my house, turned up and we started glugging wine. We hey. made you a delicious oh, dinner. Oh, I beg pardon. Amy made, made a delicious it. dinner. Yeah. A lovely dinner. Freshly prepared ingredients. Well, I need to know what your biscuit of choice would be though. <clears throat> okay. So, Steak biscuit. So I know I, I, I come across as like a premium luxury brand kind of gal. Very much so. But, it, but actually, just my biscuit of choice is have you ever heard of broken biscuit collection like when you get a tin and it's all the smashed up bits yes that's like freelance life I've got in a two tin. boxes in the kitchen i was saving them till later this is brilliant so you can get them in the range which has a iceland section what being freelance i spend a lot of time in the range. <laughs> the range is awesome <laughs> i love the range just all that when anything you're not, you can go part. to those places yeah. When they're not full of people, because exactly. during the day, right? And then if you go to one on a weekend or like after school time, you're shocked by how how very different it is, and yeah. you just long for that. Like oh, even the dog sighing. <laughs> the dog just sighed. <laughs> We're joined by Digger. So earlier today I was joined by Wilf the dog. Today we have Digger the dog, who is a Belgian Shepherd dog. So that's my biscuit of choice. Broken biscuits. Yeah. I love it. Well, I'm going to have one of those later, please. Okay, that's fine. Who knows what you're going to get? It's a lottery. I, I think it, it. your biscuit choice reflects your personality a little bit. Very and much so. I'm feeling a little bit broken inside from Aww. all my freelance work. So, But we'll get on to that, won't we? Yes, very much so. In fact, I was going to ask you what your freelance, what freelance feels means to you. Like, do you feel freelance feels? I certainly do feel freelance feels. Um... I've been feeling a bit more of the negative freelance feels mm. lately. I think it's just because I need a lot of reinforcement, external reinforcement. Oh, you know, I liked working as staff because you'd have um, somebody saying good job or bad job mm. or some sort of third party to say how you're doing. Whereas yeah. when you're a freelancer, you have to do that yourself. And That's I find really that... True quite difficult being kind of my own cheerleader publicist mm -hmm. referee all these things and also lately i've been struggling with pitch abyss 
Mm. Do you know what I mean by yeah. that? Yeah. So having an idea. But yeah, explain picture biz to people thinking, that wouldn't know. Yeah. This is the best idea. This is a great idea. I can really see exactly where this idea will fit and spending a lot of time, which mm. is, as we all know, money. Mm-hmm. Um, and thinking this is going to be an idea that is really going to fly. And then sending it and getting really excited only to hear nothing. nothing. That's the worst is when people don't reply at all. Would you agree that getting a no to a pitch... I think anyone who's freelance who like thinks, well, this is just the media, it's like... But anyone who pitches to a new client or approaches a new client or sends someone a message on LinkedIn, to be ignored completely is worse than for someone to say, thank you, but I don't have time for that at the moment. It's or so thank you, worse. that's not an idea that would work for us right now. 100%. Yeah. And, and it's almost professional ghosting. Yes. It's like... And then you get... You think, well, maybe they didn't receive it. Should oh, I no. send it again? This is exactly like ghosting. You're like, you but know? I've seen the dicks. I know they got it. So you just kind of go a bit into a, 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 an uncertainty. Mm. And I don't like uncertainty, which is perhaps why being a freelancer is quite unsuited to my personality <laughs> type. But I've somehow ended up here. Because um, I like routine knowing what I'm doing knowing how much money is coming in Mm -hmm. knowing where my hours and my energy is going to go and with freelancing you kind of don't have that Mm. which I guess could make it really exciting yeah and do you know what I was having a really low moment last week on the Wednesday and then so in the morning I thought oh I don't know where I don't know where my next job is coming from Mm. by the afternoon got this email fantastic opportunity for the Friday good amount of money and I'm saved and suddenly you get that big adrenaline rush of, of, of a, where, where something's really paid off and you've got a new opportunity mm. particularly if it's one that you weren't really expecting I don't find that I've ever in years and years and years of freelancing ever broken free from not being able to trust that something will always come up but it's funny isn't it because I would give that advice to you mm. I would say Jenny, something is always going to come up. And I truly, honestly believe that for you, but you can't believe it for yourself. No, it's really hard to believe it for yourself. Like To the point of, like, frustrated tears sometimes. I'm just like, that's it, it's over, what am I going to do? I shouldn't be a journalist anymore, I'm failing. Oh, yeah. And off you go down a massive slippery mudslide of Of, of, self-depreciation. For me, me personally, it's um, going on UCAS and looking up... On UCAS? yeah and finding teacher training courses I do this probably once every seven months and then (laughs) what would you teach media sociology sociology I don't know really why quite liked (laughs) it at A level think it's interesting or primary I flipped flipped between the two this is Um, interesting because I think so many of us and we were talking about this earlier just like with imposter syndrome that whole idea that you would berate yourself and tell yourself you're not doing very well and say I don't deserve to be in this industry and I should look up alternative careers but you would never say to a friend in that that career well you need to look like I would never say to Amy you're failing at that and you should look up a new career or I think a lot of the time I feel like anything I get that is really great is a fluke Mm. oh it's a fluke you got that book deal but um, I do feel at the moment that for me things feel very hodgepodge Mm. I feel like one of those patchwork rugs like all different bits here and there which I guess makes up a whole Mm -hmm. yeah that's kind of freelance life in a way is it? does does everyone feel like that? do you know I did put that post on um, there's a freelance uh, what what, freelance body agency 
Oh, so the fa- a Facebook What's group the official I run. Name? It's now called Number One Freelance Media Women. Which is amazing. So if you're not part of that, you should definitely be mm, part look of Look it that. up on Facebook. It's yeah. very good. Um, and, I, and I talked about Pitch Abyss on there. Mm. And the really surprising thing was a lot of women writers who I really respect said, I get the same thing. Mm. So, yeah, so commissioning editors, I think, are under a lot of pressure to find something truly amazing that they can't sometimes see the wood for the trees. And I think there's more and more people going freelance all the time. So the amount of things they get is growing and growing and growing. So we're pitching into a much from a much bigger pool every day. There's more exactly. of us. Exactly. Literally, like what, in the, in the week we recorded this podcast, but mm. I think it was last week, Marie Claire's now gone yes. digital only. Yeah. Obviously we had the closure of the pool. Yeah. That is putting a lot of women writers yeah. into the freelance pool. Exactly. For, for the tiny little area that we are kind of competing to yes. be part of. Yeah. Which makes me Completely think, agree. well, maybe, what, how can I branch out? So now I'm trying to think of how I can do more brand partnerships, um, more copywriting opportunities like that. And mm-hmm. um, I'm doing a screenwriting course nice, starting nice. next week. So maybe I can think, well, I know that I can write funny, entertaining copy. Mm-hmm. Where I can, can confirm I... that if yeah. commissioning editors are listening. <laughs> like, I can 100% confirm that. You know, where can I put that? Yes. So it's like, I've got the goods, but I don't know where to put them down. Yeah. <laughs> I love that though because that is such an interesting freelancing thing because it's like it's almost like diversify or die and I think again that's across all freelance industries there's nobody anymore who's doing one specific thing and you do have to start thinking well what else can I do apart from the writing or what else can I do apart from say you were just not just a copywriter but say copywriting was your main thing you might be thinking well I want to do something other than just copywriting um, but then equally, I feel like at the moment, perhaps I've become too much of a drac... Drac? A drac. <laughs> a drac. Just leave it there. New word. Too much of a drac. A jack You've of all trades. Oh, a jack of all trades. Yeah. So I feel like I spread mm. myself very thin, which means I have no real specialism. And that's something that I actually worry about quite a lot. See, I would say that if I had to say you had a specialism, it's that you write opinion pieces which to the uninitiated are sort of those first person about your life, oh, like your the feelings. Whole, I think maybe that gonzo thing of I'm going to try out this yeah. thing. Yeah. And that was actually the first thing that you ever commissioned me. Yeah. Was the Charisma Masterclass. Oh, yes. You went to so, the Charisma you know, Masterclass. You, you could run a Charisma Masterclass. Oh, really? When did you go freelance? I have always been freelance since yeah. I graduated, really. Because okay. even when I was staff, I was a contractor. Mm-hmm. And that was for a very short period of my life anyway. So... I don't really know when payday is. Mm. So sometimes <laughs> I'll be I'll be in a bar and it'll be extra busy and I'll be like, ooh, it's very busy here tonight and somebody'll be like, It's payday. payday. <laughs> that means nothing to me. No, it never really has. I've always had this weird ebb and yeah. flow and like, Do you think you thrive on it? Because I personally would say about Amy that I think you do thrive on being freelance. I know deep down I do, even with the freelance feels, I still well, you stick with it, so but it's like, do you think you thrive sometimes on the challenge of having to find something new to do? I new think work my personality types would struggle with doing the same thing every day, mm. um, and having and I and I sometimes I think I crave routine, but possibly it wouldn't agree with me really because whenever mm. I have had to do something more regularly, I do start to be like, oh, not that again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like if you're going on a contract for a few months and within yeah. about two weeks, you're like. Oh, 
tea rounds. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I really, really dislike commuting. Well, this I is mean, interesting, I'm, actually. Have you ever met anyone that's like, I quite like commuting, actually? But I think I hate it more than anyone ever. I really hate it. What do you hate about it? Because I think sometimes I like it because it is quiet time with a book. It's which not, is it's like, but why can't I just have quiet time with it? It's almost like I only give myself permission to read when I'm on a train. Yeah, I, I guess. I could read at any point. I'd have to get on a train and pay money to read a book. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. Would you no. just find it stressful? Would you rather Oh, just... the reason I hate it is mm. because all the trains are... Del- well, because I live in Hertfordshire, mm-hmm. you have to get the um, sort of overground private London Northwestern line. Now, yes. I don't want to give any more airtime to them. <laughs> because uh, they do not deserve it but it's just it's always delayed it's overcrowded it's yeah. so overcrowded I think it must be like, on my train to come to Amy I stood most of the way from Easton see yeah. it's that I guess when I probably used to because I stopped London, in M&S to get some wine first um, let's talk a little bit about so upstairs is a little boy called can I call his name of course Poor Freddie <laughs> Amy's little boy and much as you said I wasn't allowed to I'm going to say that Amy has a book Confessions of a Single Mum yeah which is brilliant. I particularly recommend reading the acknowledgements section. Should we, some, should we get the, some really nice it, people yeah. are mentioned in it called Jenny Stallard. <clears throat> but um, let's get it. It's here. a big deal to write a book, and I don't. You've written a book, Jenny. I have written a book. I wrote a fiction book. Yours is memoir. So this is from the acknowledgements section. It says Jenny Stallard. Mm, that's me. Let's be honest. This was all your idea. Yeah, thanks for Sorry. nothing. Sorry. I think it's important. You should never feel like you should never really feel like they're doing you a favour by commissioning mm-hmm. you because it's not like that no it's business it's that, uh, yes and you can make that a great service you're providing a great service that's going to make their product better if it's the right fit and it's yeah. the right so it's a great opportunity on both sides yeah because without people pitching ideas people aren't going to have content and again the same across the board you know if people don't approach new clients to talk about doing new business in some way everything's just going to fall apart because there's not going to be anybody doing any new business so what do you do? I'm going to change tack a little bit. What do you do to balance the freelance fields? I know you have Digger the dog here and you have you Mum Life. Actually, how do you sort of balance all of this with, you know, how do you get yourself to sleep at night? Oh, I that's don't. Not I'm like, why do did I do that stupid thing? Do meditate, no, do you? Did you know Digger the dog has mm. really, I can't believe you just asked me, how do you sleep at how night? How do you sleep at night? <laughs> how, do you, how do you fall asleep? Um, a lot of prescription <laughs> medication. Oh, no, no that's a joke. So Digger the dog has actually really improved my mental health, I think. Having mm. a dog around is amazing. Because yeah. you know the isolation you feel when you work from home on your own can start to drive you a little bit loopy. Definitely. My own company is not my favourite company. <laughs> Again, why did I choose this profession? But anyway, mm. we are where we are. Um, but I think I do need the company of other people. So I do try to kind of punctuate my day with um, other things mm. like exercise mm-hmm. so I find exercise is a really great outlet for me because the gym is quite sociable so mm-hmm. I always go to classes nice um, yeah, I like just get class. that like endorphin hit um, and also so I really want to I really want to join a dog walking club that's a good so idea I, yeah, I know and I, th- I would definitely say that I think if you didn't find a dog walking club around here and you started one you would find loads of people. That's a good idea. Like, actually. if I lived near you, I would have a dog and I would come to a dog walking club. I'd be like, get me there. Because I see lots of networking groups. And Amy's going to kill me for saying this, but I see a lot of networking groups and all the women that join them are like, oh, hello, mummy to so-and-so and so-and-so. And I immediately feel a bit periphery to that, which I have written about. But 
a dog walking club, I'd be like, great. But what? No, not not organisation, but but like you said earlier, that whole the admin. You're and... the everything. So you're unless you have an accountant, and even if you have an accountant, you still got to gather all your receipts and everything. So you're like the bookkeeper, and you're the spreadsheet maker, and you're the person who orders the business cards, and you're the person who goes, oh, the highlighter ran out, needs some more stationery. When you're in a job, you go, whoopee, look at all the highlighters in the cupboard. At home, you're like, right, highlighters go on the to-do list. Talking of which, I must talk about Amy's notepad that she's got in front of her. What, she's got, my massive... She's got an amazing, really big, chunky day planner. No, this, and is, I've just, got yeah, this is the daily planner, but obviously I've, I'm only organised on certain days. A certain day that, so basically it's got 6am um, to 8pm mm-hmm. and you write what you're going to do every hour. Brilliant. But See, apparently, that's a really you know, good freelance yeah, tool. Well, in theory, no? in theory. But then if you look through it, apparently on Wednesday, September the 18th, I did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but then all Friday, August the 30th, very oh my busy business. day. Yeah. So it can, yes, it can so it can work. No, no, it's, it's, it's gone through from a very neat list on that day she showed me to like something written massively in highlighter <laughs> at the bottom <laughs> in some massive end of day panic. But this is, um, <laughs> this is optimistic purchasing. Because obviously when I bought this, I was like, right. I'm going to be really organised from now on. Um, that's the same day I bought a pencil case with like an inspirational slogan, Aww. you know, that kind of thing. But then... All my stationery is cacti now. See? Everyone, everyone keeps buying me cactus pencils. That's optimistic purchasing. Cactus post-it notes. I love them. Please don't stop buying me them, no. people that buy them. But another thing on that is mm. being organised about invoicing oh my god yes and trying to make your invoices not look like they were put together by like a seven-year-old in an it lesson i think my invoices look like that mine don't anymore and do you want to know why yes i want invoicing tips i can't remember the name of the thing is it open no what is it oh it's basically the thing quickbooks it's called quickbooks um yeah quickbooks has changed my life so it basically you punch in it's like seven pounds a month i think Mm and you tell it what you need to invoice, what for their address, and it formats it all, and then it emails them. And then if in 30 days they haven't paid you, it sends them a reminder. You see, this is, invoices are such an interesting thing to me because I put off sending them. Oh, so do I. Why do we do that? I think previously for me, honestly, it was because I felt like mine looked so unprofessional. Maybe that's what it is. But now I've got QuickBooks, I almost... Because I could do this, I could use books, which is similar accounting software, and I could send people invoices, but I choose not to use their software and write my own Word documents that I turn into PDFs, which I do think looks unprofessional, and then actually I could be using my own, my accounting software that I pay money every month for. you should, you should, you should. So it sends me a reminder, this is a brilliant tip, because I think a lot of freelancers worry about money, we worry when we're going to be paid... If we're going to be paid on time, if we're going to have to chase the payment, if we're going to have to put late payment fees on, we then don't want to spoil the relationship with the person by putting late payment fees on. So having software, I can imagine, reduces all of the freelance feels about invoicing because you're taking it out of your hands. You're not being the person that says, oh, hello, um, I sent an invoice three three weeks ago because the software does it for you so yeah it's just an it does feel a lot more like that you don't mm. feel as much like you're personally but then again how can you feel like you're nagging mm. when it's your owed money yeah <laughs> you like yeah, because you've done work yes. yes um but can i just answer your mm. question when you say oh i always wonder you know will i have to chase the payment yes yes you will have to yeah. chase the payment i don't think i've 
well I don't want it I don't know how I think on the whole 99.9% mm. of the time I will have to chase a payment at least yeah. once yeah and what I know most freelancers have that yeah it's like, crazy no that is really the probably the bane of my self-employed existence mm-hmm and and I'm not just talking about written journalism. I'm talking about broadcasting, hosting, MC work. I do everything I do mm. where I've sent an invoice. I will have to chase that invoice. The thing with the finances is, I feel like everything. I feel like everything does stem from the free from the finances. Tell me if you agree or not. But if finances are going okay, everything else feels easier because the panic that finances bring extends beyond work. One hundred percent. Yeah. Because the finances do, you know, home and life and children or pets or family, everything extends from have you been paid on time, can you afford to do the thing. So when the finances fall into place, being paid on time basically negates a lot of my anxiety. But again, when people don't pay you on time Mm. and you have to send that follow-up email Mm. or three or four, it's sometimes I think people who are in charge of making sure those payments go through, that aspect isn't understood Mm -hmm. and it again feels like they're doing you a favour. Yes. And I think that's a funny culture that possibly needs to be more considered by people on the other side. Yeah, I completely agree. It's funny because I had one invoice that I think I sent mid-December and then I got an email about a week later um, and it is a lovely client it was the company policy the client that I dealt with directly were absolutely lovely but they did kind of say well we're going to stop for Christmas so we'll be paying this in January and I thought yes but the world doesn't stop for Christmas this should still be able to be processed and you sort of want to say to them imagine if you couldn't have your Christmas wages you still get your Christmas so the banks are still you know things are still rolling and still working so that's the kind of thing that then you start to think well you might think, okay, well, okay, I'm not going to get that amount of money before Christmas. But then the emotion of that, the feels of it is, oh, maybe I'm not going to buy so-and-so that Christmas present. Oh, I'm going to feel nervous about that train fare to go and see that other person for Christmas. Oh, I'm going to worry when I'm at the bar and everyone's getting rounds in at the Christmas party because I'm not getting that money till January. There's this huge domino effect yeah. of one time, not tiny thing, but the first thing that is not being paid yeah on time and we never have that certainty mm. that comes with a yeah. staff wage how do you deal with that the financial feels do you have any advice from your own experience of how you try and balance that i mean personally i just have a really big overdraft yeah i'll be honest so I, I balance it with a massive overdraft i that thought I everyone into. had quite a big overdraft yeah. And then last but week, I, I got the big overdraft when I had a staff job and I never told them that I don't need I do need the overdraft but I never told them I don't have the wage that the overdraft's based on I have had to borrow money from my parents mm, same I'm yeah. 30 I have I've had to do that yeah. fairly recently but what it is for me is I will borrow money when I have a cash flow problem so it will be because I'm owed so and so thousand mm. like it's not like I I haven't earned enough but yes it's not exactly it's not a gradual it's not coming in as I'm doing the work yeah so I've had to have people sort me out and that's terrible isn't it because other people wouldn't have that privilege do you feel like you're not managing don't you you feel like you've failed I I feel yeah yeah, financially I've never felt proud of my career oh I hate that though but it's true Disclaimer, it's really tough sometimes interviewing your friends and finding out about their feels because then you're like, oh my goodness. Like, but I, that, yeah, that's that's. I always have hard. the money eventually, mm. but that feeling that 
it's not definitely going to be there when you were expecting it. Mm. And then having to ask someone to borrow money, even though you know you're going to be able to give it to them back. Yeah, but you don't want to have to discuss no, your finances with people all exactly. the time. And I don't want to mm. have to, I don't want my parents to think that I'm in a situation where I need to do that. You know, in theory, if you look at it on paper, I'm a published author who's on national television and mm. national radio hosting events for global chains and I, I did a gig for Premier League last at the end of UNC last Tough Mudder. Yeah, I do like all stuff Brilliant. where people will go, Oh, you probably you probably rolling in it. Yeah, but you can't open your front door because of all the cash <laughs> that's come through the letterbox. Oh not again. I do all these checks. Oh, that is a no. big common misconception, isn't it? If somebody yeah. sees you like on TV once, they're like, Right, you're rich yeah. now. And I and I'm not bad off, you know, I'm doing okay and I get a good um day rate but it's just that cash flow situation yeah, definitely that's what's really hard because the guy who i pay my rent to he doesn't care if uh <laughs> owe me this much money yeah or work. i did four does, months you know, ago yeah i mean for disclaimer tough mother don't owe me any money but <laughs> i did tough mother once i'd rather mc it than do <laughs> tough mother i'll say that much <laughs> so where can we find you amy tell us your social media your book name and anything else you'd like to share with people about how they can hear more about your work so you can follow me on instagram mm-hmm. it's at solo mama that's m-a-m-m-a and my twitter is at Amy Nix underscore, which I just realised is like knickers, which is becoming Amy Nix underscore. <laughs> Amy Nix underscore fine. might be changing, but at the moment <laughs> it's at Amy Nix underscore. And my book is called Confessions of a Single Mum, and it's out now. And you can get it on Amazon, Waterstones, Foils, car boot sales, secondhand shops, Oxfam. Oxfam, that's what I was going Perfect. for. <laughs> Amy, thank you for joining me on Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. Thank you for listening to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. You can find Freelance Feels online at www.freelancefeels.com and on Instagram and Twitter at freelance underscore feels. Please do share and rate the podcast if you've enjoyed it. Thank you.